lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Vane, your virtually vigorous vulture. Okay. Yes, you know I'm on it with my alliteration. Yeah, triple V's out here. Yeah, I did. I was trying to pick a more obscure letter. Okay. How are you, my good sir? Uh, I've had better days than yourself. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, work is definitely ramping up, and I know that you're feeling a little stressed out. Life happens. Um, but before we get into it, we have a special guest. Yes. Uh, my cousin. Yeah, it's a family affair. You know? Professional basketball player, a former professional basketball player, a legend in Richmond, um, and now he's a motivational speaker. Yes, life coach, all of that. So my cousin Braxton Byerson is, is on the line. Hey, hey, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? You know, we uh, we used to not introduce people until later, but we were told that's kind of rude. But now we're going to introduce people early, so. Uh, if this is your first time listening to an episode of Love is Quarrel, we, we welcome you. Thank you for taking the opportunity. Second time listening, welcome back. And if it's your third or more time, your family, as I like to call you, you're a lover. Yes. Um, so. You want to jump right in? We can jump right in. We're going to get on this elevator? Yes, we're going to get on this elevator. Are you going up or down? I'm going to go up. All right, so let, let me go down so we can get this out of the way. All right. Going down. All right. Appreciate that. Um. I think I've I, I've talked about it previously, but I think I finally hit my wall. Um, mm-hmm. I loved working from home, but it's different when you're working from home, but you can't go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So like before, when I used to work from home, it didn't, it didn't matter because I was able to just leave if I wanted to. But now it's like you're confined to your home, so you can't go anywhere. So I think I finally like hit that wall where I'm just like over it all. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then you know the, the the senseless killings of black people and, and the mistreatment of black people um in the media you know we're getting murdered the cops don't like us white people don't like us nobody likes us right they, everybody loves they love our culture but they don't love us yep. um and i'm just tired of that as well i'm tired that it's like we're in 2020 and it's still wrong to be black like so like jim crow so yeah i was talking we were before we recorded, we were talking to our other friends, and I was just like, "Yo, I, I when people talk about letting this bitch burn, I'm like, I get it now. Like, I, I'm not all that. Like, more and more of me is just like not opposed to just watching if everybody just was like fucking and revolted, and because it's infuriating and it's ridiculous, and like I'm tired and angry and I'm tired of being angry, and it's just it's exhausting feeling like this all the time. So. Um, justice for Ahmaud Arbery, justice for Breonna Taylor, like justice for everybody. Named. Justice for everyone who's facing injustices. Like at the end of the day, like how how are injustices still happening during a pandemic? And and that's to me that's even crazier. Like and you're watching like clear cut examples of people, white people getting away with fucking like playing all up in these white people faces. Yeah. And I said that I feel like couple episodes ago but like playing these white people faces pushing them telling them no having hold having assault rifles on a back and then nothing but i watched a video of a of five or six nypd officers tackling a mother to the ground in front of her child her young child because she her face mask wasn't all the way on if you don't get get the fuck out of my face i'm sorry 
this is America. Mm. So we can go up. Yeah. So for you. Yes. Going up. We're gonna lighten it up a little bit. So y'all know and have been following my journey to my new path and my new career. Uh not career switch, my job switch and everything like that. And um you know, lately, um, you know, obviously it's been a really interesting way to start a new job because I started literally at the top of the pandemic and everything's shutting down. Um, but even though I'm not doing exactly what it is that I was hired to do, I've been definitely making myself very useful to the different people and departments within the organization. And I've just been leveraging my strengths and it feels really good to have opportunities and moments where like the thing, the things that you're good at the areas of strength that you have are being leveraged in a way that are valuable to the organization. And, um, you know, I've been kind of like recognized and it's being seen and being acknowledged at my job. And that feels good. Um, I know we've talked on this this show plenty of times about love languages. Um, but I think those things, those same languages kind of, um, you know, they, they spill over into your other relationships, like your work relationships. And my like number two outside before first I'm acts of service. And my second one is words of affirmation. So it does make me feel like really validated when somebody tells me like, Danny, you're doing a good job. Danny, thank you. Danny, this was so helpful because that's what I'm here to do. And it makes me feel fulfilled. So, you know, it's been cool. It's been, it's been dope. Um, and I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to that and choosing that as my elevator because you know there's so many like shitty things to complain about and be upset about but i'm going to focus on that just to kind of lift my own damn spirits so with that we are going and brax do you have anything do, so do you want to go up you want to go down hey man i'm just listening i'm enjoying i'm enjoying this combo right now i'm just listening <laughs> man just taking it all in boss all right <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you. But well, we are now going to switch and segue into our relationship tip of the week, where I provide you with meaningful, salient, sound, valid points to help you in yours. And TJ gives you um, the, you know, a, a snapple fact from the under a cap. Um, I mean, listen, <laughs> the fact that you got to try to break me down to make yourself up there, I already won. Uh, sure. If that's what you want to call it. Okay. So, um, would you like to go first or would you like me to go You first? got it. Okay. Um, my relationship tip of the week is something that could apply to all chips. Um, and that's just to change the background sometimes to improve the mood, right? Um, and that might seem like very limited as far as what we can do and can't do right now in uh, the world of the Rona. But, um, if you and your partner and you and whoever you're living with are kind of finding yourselves kind of a little bit more snippy, you know, you're sniping at each other, you're a little bit more flustered, your, your fuse is shorter, whatever you want to call it, or you're just feeling down, sometimes you need to sometimes literally change the environment that you're in um, for a moment to kind of regroup and, um, yeah, like just regroup with each other. So, the other, you know, this week has been really stressful for TJ and I with work. Um, respectively we've had a lot of things that we're on the hook for and that we had to be accountable for and things that were in the meeting in meeting after meeting after meeting um but we made a decision yesterday um to go for a bike ride 
And it was, you know, maybe what, what was it, maybe like 45 minutes of, of, from start to finish that we were gone. Including when I bust your ass in basketball, or you're not including that? Um, we're including. Just a choir. Okay, so maybe it was like an hour and a half of like activity where we were outside. TJ and I did play one on one. We did go live. Um, we essentially won, but. You cheated. I did not cheat. We're not going to get into it. You cheated. I didn't cheat. Braxton. <laughs> You're talking to someone who basketball. I, I'm sorry. You traveled all the time. The whole time. No. You was double dribbling. You I, was doing... I didn't travel. I went on holiday. I played more college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got it. Um, yeah. So we just, we were both really stressed out. So we made a decision to just like stop and get out of the house and go for a little bike ride around the neighborhood and play a little basketball just to get some exercise and just hang out with each other. And I, like no shit, like the, even the fresh air made a difference. And I feel like it helped us and it helped, it helped me, me I feel individually. And I think it just helped us because it gave us an opportunity to just take like a both like a collective sigh of relief. So as best as you can during this time, if you can change your environment, go for a walk, get outside, do something without risking your life or, you know, remaining socially distant, then do it. Um, because sometimes, you know, if you don't change your environment, you just, all that stuff starts to build up and tensions rise. So that's my relationship tip for the week. Um, my tip, it, it could be relationship. It could be for life. Um, during this new pandemic, I think it's very important that we, uh, that we allow for like, a, we, that we apologize for like the mood swings and stuff like that. I'm thinking about myself, right? Yeah. Um, you try to stay strong, but sometimes you gotta like find ways to de-stress, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's okay for you to, I guess, have that in this moment, I'm saying. I feel like this is one of the moments because we don't know, it's, it's the unknown and your mind plays trick on you, plays tricks on you, mm -hmm. and it's okay for you to be vulnerable. So it's real simple, like you said. I think it's true. You gotta give yourself. It sounds like you're saying you have to give yourself grace. Sure. Okay. Anyway, Braxton. What's up? So, what do you think about our relationship tips? How are they sounding? Are they are they up to the the caliber or the the, the wise words you you're dispensing out to people? All right, so so TJ gonna be a little upset with me. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Danny, on this one. Uh, take, changing changing the background and and taking that time out is is very very critical in a relationship, especially during this whole pandemic and everybody's at home together, working together, you're eating together, you're doing every single thing together. But taking that time out to just relax and just let everything just breathe, getting a breath of fresh air. Um, riding a bike, going on a walk, just having small conversations about whatever it is, something that's just like out of the norm. Like, don't talk about anything about the pandemic going on. Don't talk about work. Just talk about how you guys feel about each other and just, just communicate, man. Just, again, that that change of scenery, that change of background and taking that time out is very important. Just like um, when I was playing basketball, Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes in, in a situation of a game, it's it's going to get heated. 
situation is going to get a little tense and you're going to feel like you just got to keep going, got to keep going. But of course we all have coaches in life and that allows us to, to understand what their methodologies are um, of taking a timeout, taking a break, letting your mind grasp what's going on so you can make the, the necessary adjustments without still overwhelming yourself about the action of play. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so taking that time out is very important in life, just as it is in in sports. So that's that's my whole thing with changing uh, that background. So I totally agree with with what you said on that one. Thank you, thank you. Not smart. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, don't be mad at me, man. I'm not. <laughs> Yours. I'll give you this one. Okay. Yours was, you know. I mean, this I, wasn't wrong. It's just mine was. Yeah, better. yeah, no. I'm, listen, I'm just in a space where in, in life it's just like you know, uh, you try to be perfect and you try to, and sometimes you gotta give yourself grace, and that's where I'm at in my life. I just I'm need glad, to give myself grace. I'm glad you are. <laughs> well, well, TJ, you you know, it's, it's 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 hard for us to be perfect in a relationship, especially for us for us guys, because uh, our wives want us to not say do everything but the things that we that we do they want us to make sure that we do it to the best of our ability just like exactly again with basketball coaches want us to perform at our highest potential so it, it, we're not going to be perfect so then again what you said again is also true that we have to acknowledge whenever we mess up or whenever we say something that's um not understood or portrayed portrayed in a, a different way so make sure we apologize and take ownership, just like we talked about earlier, about yeah. accountability of our actions and our words. So definitely so. Yeah. And TJ's been doing a good job at Rex. So you know, good, good, good. He's had his moments, but he's definitely like circled back and taking ownership and apologize and try to do better because like and you know, and I've been trying to make sure, at least I think I've been like doing the best I can to give him the space to, to mm-hmm. Grace, and then you know, only when I feel like absolutely necessary, have to be like, okay, like you're tripping, like you got to get it together. So, right. you know, but not necessarily, but not harping on every little thing because mm-hmm. you no, know, both of us would be just irritated all the time. Um, right, right. Well, thank you for that and for siding with me, of course. And <laughs> um, now, what we're going to do is. Um, we we did kind of omit this segment for a couple of episodes here, but TJ brought up a good point about our Black History fact, right? And especially even more now than ever, right? Yeah. It's, it's important that we embrace Black history more. Like Black history is American history. Yeah, we built this country. Yes, we, we're dope as fuck. Yeah, and that's why everybody hates on us. So I, I just think it's important that we. Uh, that we uh, showcase that, that we emphasize that, and you know, mm-hmm. and also allows us to just continue growing to to learn more. So absolutely. Um, so I'll go first. And on this day, May fifteenth, when this episode drops, but in nineteen forty-two, the ninety-third Infantry activated and assigned to combat in the South Pacific. They were the first African American division formed during World War Two, and. I actually picked that one too because it um, reminded me just of my grandfather 
because my grandfather was actually a Tuskegee Airman. So, um, and he fought in World War, World War II. And I always just thought that, you know, I didn't really know him very well. He passed when I was very young. Um, I just always thought that that was one of like the dopest things I had ever known about him. Like I have, you know, the family that uh, were active during that time and were part of such an integral part of that entire, you know, war scene of the Tuskegee Airmen. So it just seemed like a dope fact and it kind of made me think of him. That's dope. Thank you. Uh, mine is Andre Marie Mabiba. Mm-hmm. Mabida mm-hmm. becomes premier of Cameroon. I saw that one. May 15th, uh, 1957. Yes. So um, it's like it's the equivalent of like President Org. Yeah, but Prime Minister. When I looked into it, he's also the first, hold on. He's also the first Cameroonian to be elected member of the parliament of the French National Assembly. Hmm. So, listen, black people are always being trailblazers wherever we go. So, weren't surprising. Um. So, and now we can close this session up, and we can go into my word of the week. Yes. How are you going to try and stump me this week? Uh, I don't know. I, it's it's always hard. You know, you you're on a roll right now. I am on a roll right now because I've been spelling all these words correctly, Braxton and um, TJ. You have to get, uh, what's, what's the, what are you going to call the white lady on your phone's name now? I don't know. <laughs> you know. You're not cheating like you did in basketball, are you? No, no I don't. I can't cheat like that. So, and, and first of all, I'm onto something with this whole true basketball thing because <laughs> I, I think I, I think I have something there. Because that way it levels the playing field, right? You got to answer mm-hmm. question. So you get a shot. So you can get a shot. And that way. Okay. It makes it, you know, it makes it fair and balanced because I'm clearly way better at trivia than you are, but you're way better than basketball. Slightly than better at basketball than me. Way better than basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna live that one down, Danny. <laughs> and it also depends on what the trivia is. Um, I feel like most trivia I'm better than you. No, yeah, but again, if we go into like science, then yeah, you're a science teacher. Well, if we go into but, a lot of subjects, I'm, uh, I'm better than anyway. You. I mean, you. Like, I feel like Where did you graduate from college? Towson University. Where did I graduate from college? Towson University. Okay, so then. Okay, I mean, don't do that because we. I mean, we could take it up in that. Nah, you got it. Cause nah. Where did you go to grad school? <laughs> DeVry University. <laughs> Where did you go to grad school? To the Johns Hopkins University. Okay, thank okay. you. But. That's neither here nor there because we both still have our math. Nah. We're, we math is messing with yours. No, nah, we're both smart. All right, so what is this word that you're going to try to spell? Me? I'm not. I'm going to really try to make sure I spell it right. I won't be embarrassed. Interlocutor. I'm sorry, you got to say it again. Interlocutor. Interlocutor. Mm, that's a tough no. one. Can okay. I have? Yeah, I need a white lady you want to Karen? say it. I want a white lady to say it. Interlocutor. Okay, I need a definition. All right. An interlocutor is someone who participates in a discussion or conversation, sometimes as a go-between. If you and your friend are in, a, are in an argument and aren't speaking, a third friend could act as an interlocutor, delivering messages back and forth. Interlocutor. Yep. All right, I'm just going to go for it. Oh, no, go ahead. You can preface. I don't know this one, but I'm going to try it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hater. That's... Uh, 
That's what you do. That's my process. That's my your that's process my, is to prep this when you don't know it. That's so go ahead. my process. Go ahead. Don't mock me. Go ahead. What? Interlocutive. I N T E R L O C U T E R. Ooh, close. <laughs> she almost got you, TJ. <laughs> wow. Wow. So close. Bang, 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 bang. You losing basketball and you losing in, in there. See? Maybe in the basketball, we could throw in some words in there. I'm still a better speller than you. I, I mean, you got it, but I'm just, and on that note, you lost. Really? How that out? Let me hand one to you. What? Take that out. Mm, okay. You're gonna need me. I always need you. That's why I married you. Exactly. And now we're gonna take a moment and we're gonna have a little break from my sponsor. Hey friend, it's time for you to ditch those workout gloves and get the grip and wrist support you deserve. What do you suggest? You need to get the Gaines Load and Lock Grips by Gaines Sports Gear. They are more durable than gloves, have a non-slip grip pad that provides grip support and added wrist support, unlike your traditional workout gloves, and will protect your hands from calluses. Do they come in different colors? Not only do they come in different colors, but they are available for men and women. Do yourself a favor. Go to GainesSportsGear.com. And remember, a better grip equals a better lift. Embrace the process. And you too can embrace the process by using our code LOVERS10 at Gaines, G-A-I-N-Z, sportsgear.com. And now, back to the show. And now we are back. Yes. It is time for us to talk to not only running the show, but our actual family. Like, we all have the same last name, y'all. Like, that type of family. Mm. So, <laughs> um, here we have with us Virtually, of course, because we're still in safe, is Braxton Byerson. Mm. Hey, what's going on, family? Yes, <laughs> life coach, motivational speaker, media specialist, all of the things, okay? Um, so, yes, this is TJ's cousin. Yes, cousin. and I'll tell you a little funny story. So, <laughs> I met my cousin. So, the Byerson family is, like, really big. Yeah. Like, it's like, we could be, like, we can probably have our own like island somewhere and be able to populate it like this is this is true indeed so i met braxton when i was no so first no i met brad first yeah i met brad well yes i met brad first because my grandmother was like you have a cousin who plays basketball over here yeah. So then, I, Brad, and then, and then by meeting Brad, I found that I, it was three of them. Like it's, yeah. it's three of them. Yes. So then, so then there's Brad, Brandon, and, and Braxton. Braxton. Braxton is the baby. Yes, the brothers. Now, the brothers Byerson. They all play basketball, so they were all hooping. They're like legends in Richmond. And the reason why I said that is I went to, I went to homecoming. This, I went to homecoming. Uh, this year for their uh, centennial, who's also a Q. I, I know, I know, I know. World, we're sorry, but <laughs> root to the good bros who's listening. 
But we was out there, and like when we was like walking the streets, they was like, "There go Brad, there go Braxton." We're, we're, like I've never seen nothing like that. But the funny story was just that you know we didn't get to know each other growing up, but when we met, it was just like yeah, yeah. it was like it was like we met. I mean, it was like we knew each other our whole lives. So. Yeah. Definitely cooked like instantly. It was, a, it was a, and especially that first family family reunion. It was like 2010. Yeah, I, I just got off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the first. Yep, yep. I remember that. I remember that. Like, oh my god, I, I joke about it all the time. I'm like, y'all is just like just the southern versions of the, the biases I know from New York, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's more of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How many biases there are? So, Cuzzo, I appreciate you for uh, coming on and, and, and uh, rocking with us. Yes, I appreciate you guys, man. I'm honored to even be on the show right now. This is this is so surreal. I told myself a couple weeks ago that I'm going to be on somebody's podcast, somebody's virtual webinar show, or something real soon, and and you guys made it happen. So, I really appreciate it, man. Definitely, definitely. This is our pleasure. So. We always start, or always try to remember to start with like a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, and this question that we ask our guests are, is, you mean, what are the kindest or wisest words that someone has ever told you? Ooh, that's a tough one. Throughout the years, I've gotten a lot of yeah. kind and nice words and nice gems and everything. Um, I'll go, I'll go with this one and this one, it's, it still hits, hits home every single time. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Somebody told me, it said, someone who loves you will challenge you to do better and do great. But somebody who doesn't love you will let you stay the same and settle for mediocrity. Hmm. That is a very good gem right there. And I definitely think that can apply that, a lot of a lot of situations. A lot of situations. And, and I, I I remember that it was uh 10th grade, I believe. I forgot what, what teacher it was, but I still remember it was 10th grade when my teachers told me that. And ever since then, up to this point today, I still remember her telling me that, and that that was like one of the nicest things or wisest things that someone has ever said to me, and it will always resonate with me, with my children, with my wife, with my fa- rest of my family, everybody that I come in and encounter with. Realize and recognize what love truly means, especially when it comes into into terms with success or with business. So yeah, that's dope. It's funny. I heard so. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people listen have Brax. I don't know if you um, have seen like on social media that woman named Tabitha Brown. She's kind of, she's a black woman, like the vegan, mm-hmm. and she's got a really like soothing voice. And yeah, I've seen her. Yeah. yeah. So she and I mean I know she wasn't the first person to say it, but it's the first time that kind of like stuck out in my head. Um, and she was saying that what what somebody else what somebody else thinks of you. Is not your business. Mm. I like that one. Mm. That's tough. Yeah, like I think I, I feel like I think that um, you know, I do my best to really like be good to people and to not um, 
you know, and so that way people, if, when people talk about me when I'm not in the room, that it's hopefully generally positive things to say, but even in the event that it's not, or when people are worried about what other people have to say, it's like, mm-hmm. what people think about you isn't your business. Right. Right. And I, and I, oh my bad, go ahead. I, I was doing some, I was doing some research the other day, uh, getting some, getting some gems and some ideas on, on different types of content. Uh, from when I start speaking uh, back after all the COVID stuff is over. And I came across a video from Steve Harvey and he said something along the lines of what you just said. And he said, no matter what you do, you can be doing the greatest thing every single time you step out to do something great for somebody. It's always going to be a problem to somebody. Mm-hmm. So like, he, like and he, after he said that, he was like, you just keep doing what you do. Be positive and don't let anybody diminish your character or, or, get you to a point to where you have to react to, to their negative uh, ideas or standards. Definitely got it. Well, thank you for that, you know, how entertaining us with that, you know, icebreaker. Cause I just like, it likes, we like to get the, the juices flowing and people marinating on some things here. Um, mm-hmm. But Rax, you've been, you know, obviously when we, when you were at Virginia Union, you were a student, right? And then you were mm-hmm. all a lifetime of, a, of an athlete. You've been a coach, right? You coached mm-hmm. at your alma mater, um, Thomas Dale. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Thomas Dale, yep. Yeah. And you, you've done all these things, right? And you, you carved this great path for yourself, especially this, in this athletic world. So like, what prompted you to like make the shift to life coach and motivational speaker like what was that about right so so like you said i have a, a lifetime of basketball ever since oh my goodness i can't remember the year but i know i was like seven or eight when pop started taking us to the gym and, and getting it in mm-hmm. and from from that time up to 2014 uh when the basketball stopped bouncing for me uh, as, in regards to being a player, um, I always had a, a thing of inspiring people, motivating people, having them to push to their full potential and, and doing things out of the norm that's going to make them successful, getting out of their comfort zone, right? Uh-huh. So when I graduated from Union, I had the opportunity blessed by God to go overseas to play professional basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was over in South America and I was over there for half a year. I was over there for six months and I was playing. And then all of a sudden I get a Facebook message from the, uh, the team owner over there. And mm-hmm. the message pretty much just said, um, we're going to need, we're not going to need your services anymore. Um, we'll get you your check and we'll we'll book a flight and all this other stuff. So pretty much I got cut from the team. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 cool with that. I had talked to a couple of guys that went professional overseas before and it was like the whole overseas process is cutthroat. So you're gonna experience some things that you never thought you were gonna experience before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, when I got the message, I'm like, okay. So I hit my my agent up and I asked him, I said, yo, is this is this real or what's going on? So he made a call, find out to confirm that it was true. So I got my check. <laughs> they, they put me on the plane, came back home. And after that, went over to China, went over to China for another five months. 
it was like a tour type thing to get some more exposure to to play to keep playing professional basketball. Mm-hmm. And when I came from China, I was supposed to go to Australia, but my stateside agent uh, tried to, <laughs> I guess, ask for a little bit more money than the team was trying to offer, and then the team uh, declined that that counter offer. Then mm-hmm. that was pretty much the end of my whole bas- professional basketball career. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm back stateside, and I'm looking like, okay, what the heck is next up? Like, what's the next step? Right. So I talked to mom and she's like, I think you should go substitute teach. I'm like, oh, nah, you bugging. Like, substitute teach is not my thing. I'm Because I told myself when I was young, I was like, I'm not going to teach anybody's kids. Like, that's not me. That's not what I do. So I was right. Right. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So my first substitute teaching gig was an elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it was like that was like one of the hardest things because you know they got line leaders and they got uh, specific things that they do at each time. And I was like, that was my first time. I'm like, oh no, nah, this is this is crazy. Like, I'm never doing elementary school again. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went to middle school, mm-hmm. and when I went to middle school, I got in contact with um, the AD of the middle school. He knew me from when I played in high school. And that goes to show, like, the relationships that you build, like, when you're younger and your manners and all the respect that you give people, all of that is going to come back to you, right? Yeah. So when he hit me up, he was like, yo, we need a basketball coach. Um, we haven't been doing so well the past couple of years. I'm like, okay. He was like, oh, it's the girls' team. I was like, like, dog, what are you setting me up for? <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So I go and tell the wife, I'm like, look, I was extended an opportunity to go be a basketball coach for a girls team. And she was like, take it. Yeah. I was like, so I'm like, all right. So I took it. And the first eight seasons in which the school was, was uh, built, it was pretty much a new school. The mm-hmm. first eight seasons, they would win like two games, three games a season. It was a total of 10 games. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the playoffs, it's an extra three. Right. Mm-hmm. So my first year, we went one and not one and nine. Right. Wow. One and nine was terrible because I was I was new to the whole coaching thing. Like I played. I'm good with playing. I'll mm-hmm. give you a bucket of here and there. I'll, I'll do what I got to do. But coaching is totally different because now you're relying on middle school girls to get the job done for you to win games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm lining. All, right. So I'm lining all this up. And the second year, we won two games more than what we won the first year. Mm-hmm. Third year, we go 500. We go five and five. Make it to the playoffs, losing the first round. Right? Okay. And then the following year, we make it to the second round all right, of the playoffs. And then my last year coaching middle school girls, I went to the, champion, uh, the semifinals. All right, the game before the championship game, my my girls ended up losing. It was a heartbreaker. All right, but I said all that to say how I got to the whole motivational thing was first getting cut from the team in South America, and then coaching girls because coaching girls, I had to practice a whole different level of patience Mm -hmm. because working with girls, you have to break it down for them. 
mm-hmm. in order for you to understand it. So me thinking like, okay, I, at first I was thinking as a, as a high school boy, I was like, okay, do this, do that, do this. Cause high school boys, they, they dunking already. They shooting threes. They doing this. I had mm-hmm. to start from square one with these young ladies. Yeah. yeah. So I had to teach them how to dribble. I had to teach them how to, how to actually shoot a jump shot without a ball, get formed. I had to do all that stuff. So me teaching those young ladies, practicing that patience, motivating them to to keep on going and keep on doing what they want to do in order for them to be successful. And that, that whole transition from winning one game in the whole season to winning nine games in the whole season, it's like that whole transition right there was just a motivational piece for me. And mm-hmm. when I started teaching at the high school level, that's that's a whole other thing. And I could go on for days with this, but teaching at the high school level um, was a whole transition as well. And, and the kids that were at Thomasdale, it was like Thomasdale is like a, it's a it's a very diverse school. Yeah. So you have like you have the rich side of town and you have the not so rich side of town. It's not extremely poor, but it's it's a, it's a divide that you can you can tell. Exactly, exactly. So I I would have kids come to my class. Some would skip class because they wanted to talk to me about the issues that they were having. And so it got to a point that administration was getting on me, like Mr. Byerson, we understand that you have a rapport with the students, all this other stuff, blah blah blah. Um, but but we need you to teach more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm trying my best. So kids keep coming, kids keep coming. Then I finally went to the ministry. I'm like, listen, these kids are getting passes from their teachers. Yeah, they're getting passes from their teachers to come to my classroom. They're saying they're going to the bathroom, but they're coming to my classroom. Exactly. And so, and my and my door had a had a uh, a screen on it to where you couldn't see to the outside, so you had to actually open the door. Mm-hmm. All right. So when when I opened the door, the students came in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went to the administrator and I told him, I said, "Look, these kids are getting passes. Like, we got to tell these other teachers stop writing passes to my classroom because." Like, I'm not going to turn them away if they're walking in my classroom crying. Like, I'm going to ask them what's going on. Exactly. So there, there are, like, many different types of situations that went on, um, like abuse in the family towards mom, abuse in the family towards siblings, um, mm-hmm. being abandoned, not, not having food at home. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And I was just finding myself, like, doing more motivating and more inspiring to the students. And some of the students weren't even mine at that. Mm-hmm. Doing more of that stuff than actually teaching. Mm-hmm. So when the wife and I had a baby boy, I was like, man, I, I, I need something different. Yeah. I need something different. And so I ended up not following through with my um, teacher's li- my teacher license because I was on a provisional. They gave me um, three years to finish up with the teaching license and stuff and get everything um, certified. I ended up not following through with that. And I don't regret it. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. I don't regret it because right now the space that I'm in, once we found out that we had a baby boy, this the space that I'm in right now, it gives me that opportunity to enjoy family time with the boys and the wife. It gives me time to to do things that the wife needs me to do because she's at work. It gives me 
that time to reflect to myself and think. And ultimately, it gives me time to reach a whole lot of other students, not even just high school, but middle school as well, colleges, and, and hopefully uh, the Lord's will, it'll, it'll reach out to corporate. All right. So my whole thing is like inspiring people to be better, um, inspiring them to be leaders, motivating them to, to just be the best individuals that they can possibly be. So again, with, with all of that, just everything that has happened in my life from getting cut from a professional team, which I never thought would happen mm-hmm. to teaching and coaching middle school girls basketball and to just seeing these young children just hurt pretty much every day coming to my class about different situations. All of that has just come full circle to why I do what I do right now today um, to reach not just Richmond or Chester or Chesterfield, but nationally and, and Lord's will again, globally. I want to travel and I want to speak to millions of people, just helping them to overcome obstacles just like I did and and giving them tips on how to succeed in life. True that. Thank you for that. Cause like, I really didn't even, again, like I said, we're family and I didn't even realize that all of that had happened. Like I knew some of some pieces of it, but obviously we never actually like sat down and had a whole like conversation like we're having right now about that. And that makes a lot more sense. And when you, when you position it that way, it does make a lot of sense of like how that transition would happen because there's so much of, so much motivation that goes into athletics from the athlete perspective and from the coaching perspective, because it's about, you're trying to yield the best out of people and, you know, or from, or trying to put your best foot forward as an athlete. So I can see why those it's the parallel between what you did and what you're doing. Right. Right. What, um, what do people that you work with need help with the most, it seems? Ooh, people that I work with the most. Um, right now, it's setting goals. A lot of a lot of people they they want to do things and they want to be successful, but they don't have goals, so they don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So, so my my thing is, um, again, people have dreams, people have visions, and people have everybody has a dream, everybody has a vision, everybody has a purpose, right? But with those three things, you have to have goals. And if you don't have those goals, then you don't know what your starting point is. Mm-hmm. All right. So, for for example, uh, my dream was to, to speak globally, nationally to students and student athletes about being successful and, and, and being the best version of themselves. Right. So once I figured out what that meant because I'm a student athlete myself and I understood the process that it took to get to where I I was or where I am now, I started writing goals down. Mm -hmm. And once you write down goals and you start looking at those goals every single day, which you're supposed to do, I started sending them to a mentor, a mentor of a guy that was the parent of, one of Brad's old teammates and he's a professional speaker. So initially I was like, I don't know if I should send it to him or if I should send it to anybody else because 
if I send it to anybody else that's not a professional speaker, how, how are they going to relate to me and let me know if these goals are realistic? Mm-hmm. So I ended up sending them to him. And once he saw my goals, he was like, Brax, you really don't need my, you don't really don't need my help. I'll, I'll mentor you and let you know what steps to keep taking in order to get where you want to get. But these goals right here are like perfect because I, I went to school for marketing. So mm-hmm. everybody knows that goals, you have, you have to be, have to be smart. All right. Specific, measurable, attainable, uh, relevant and, and time-based. Right. So once you set those goals, you'll know what your first step needs to be aside from the vision and the purpose. And and what I feel with most people that I work with now, they're not setting those goals um, to, to get that first step. And, and that's what's um, giving them that struggle. So goal setting is, is one key aspect of being successful. All right, along with writing down your dreams and your vision, you also need to write down your goals. And that's what some of the people struggle with that I work with today. Yeah, it's funny. As I, so another, like some of the things that you're speaking to um, are things that I'm hearing like with, at work because we're, I'm dealing with a lot of like the social, emotional wellness of families and students during this time um, and, mm-hmm. and being home. And we had to, so we are, we talk about like these five competencies, right? About what mm-hmm. people have possessed to be these, like, to, to be kind of these like whole, fully recognized human beings and fully realized human beings. And one of them is, so it's like self-management, social awareness, mm-hmm. relationship skills, so on and so forth. And one of the like sub components of it is um, goal setting and, mm-hmm. you know, it said too was one thing that I was you know in, in working on and stuff is that like a wish or an idea you know once you put a time stamp on it once you put a time frame on it, it becomes a goal and right I thought that was a really great way to kind of conceptualize it because we always have things that we wish we could do that we you know dream about but it's and it it stays that way until you say I'm gonna do this by this time. I'm gonna. I'm this wish or this dream or this aspiration is gonna come true by this time because then once you do make it into like a smart goal, right? Which I talked mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. then it becomes something that is attainable and it becomes something that is you know that you can work towards. So I think that that's right. what we talk about. It does. It makes a lot of sense again to me why the people that you work with that's something that's an area that they need a lot of support in because we, you know. A lot of people are idea people, but sometimes we don't know how to get from like point A to point B. We just kind of we right. see B on the distance, and we like that B would be great. But I haven't thought, given myself the slightest bit of uh, information on how I'm going to get there. Um, right. and, and some people just sometimes wish and wait for it to fall into their lap. Um, yeah. So one one question. Oh, sorry, we have a. We have a, a guest a, here. A second special guest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's about with the boys. So, oh, yeah. Um, um, so one thing I wanted to also ask you, right, is, you know, some what are some of the benefits of having and, and obtaining, like, a life coach? Like, besides the fact that it's, 
you know, I mean, obviously we know it's, it's there to help, but in your mm-hmm. experience, what has been your, what have been, what are the benefits of somebody utilizing someone such as yourself in their life? Uh, the, the benefits that you get from obtaining a life coach, uh, and, and there are many, um, but I'm going to highlight a couple of them. Mm-hmm. One is it, it gives you that a life coach gives you that reassurance, that reassurance that you can, that you can do whatever it is that, that you want to, if you put your mind to it and you put the work in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that life coach is that person that is going to help you, is going to push you, is going to challenge you. Like I said earlier, the person that, that loves you is going to challenge you and, and make sure that you level up, not just watch you stay at, at mediocrity, right? So that, that life coach is is that catalyst to, to get your ideas off of the ground and, and get them rolling with goal setting and and doing whatever it is that you need to do. Um, because the little sidebar from that, the, the richest place in the world is the graveyard because there are a lot of ideas there that have not been put into fruition because people never, they probably never wrote those goals down or they never just put anything to action because they were thinking about it, but they never had anybody to guide them on the steps to take to get that idea out for people to understand and people to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And another thing that people benefit from, from obtaining a life coach is uh, pressure. They, they, they don't have that pressure of uh, failing. They don't have the added pressure of failing. You see what I'm saying? Because in, in life, you're going to fail. But how how you react to that failure is what is what makes you. All right. So you're you're going to come to a point in life where you make mistakes and you do things that you weren't supposed to do. But but it's life. So what's the next step after you make the mistake and you acknowledge that mistake? Right. Mm-hmm. So that life coach helps you get to that next level after after something has transpired what's what's the next step what's the next level that i can take in order for me to keep going and build from what i've been through so so people get the benefit of a release of pressure and they get a boost of confidence from a life coach and there and there are many other benefits like i said of, of obtaining a life coach Mm-hmm. Um, but those are just a couple that, that very well stick out to me, uh, when I, when I help people. Yo. That's amazing. No, I'm, I mean, and, and it makes sense. You know, sometimes, uh, we all need someone to talk to, or we, we all need someone who can guide us and, and help us. So I, I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's doing, right. you know, stepped out there and it's definitely important when people can relate, right? Because you, you, you've lived life. You know, so mm-hmm. you are a student athlete, so you have that. You're Greek, you have that aspect. You work. Mm-hmm. You have so many different aspects, so you can relate with different people from young to old. So that's, that's super dope. Right, right, right. And, and like you said, we, we all need somebody to talk to. And, and it's, it's two people right now on a consistent basis that I talk to every day. And that's God and my wife. And talking to those two people, it's like, <laughs> it feels like you can conquer the world, to be honest. 
Like when you talk to God in the morning, then you talk to your wife throughout the day. Just just even just saying hi or what what you what she did like 15 minutes ago. That right there is just like you already think somebody to talk to, just bounce an idea off of and get some feedback. Man, it just feels like you can just conquer the world off of that for real. Definitely. And you know what? That's it's funny that you bring that up because that allows us to, to transition to the relationship, right? Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Married, you know, uh, I support it. <laughs> <laughs> I always support it. Listen, I don't think you have a choice, yo. And, you know, I think it. That's why our show to me is so important because I I want to show people like listen people see Danny and TJ and they think it's perfect and shit is not perfect I'm not saying it's no perfect, sir but relationships are not always perfect some like we go through rough times right. hard times and all that like me and Danny always say relationships is not a job but it takes work mm-hmm. you have to work mm-hmm. and it's you know right. finding the right partner means the world like you said. Mm-hmm. You speak to God, you speak to your wife, and you feel like you're unstoppable. And, and I agree with that. Like, my wife keeps me balanced, and she gets me, and she supports me. She's mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where I would be without her. So, And I'm not saying that I wouldn't be able to succeed without her, but she gives me – she's my security. Mm-hmm. She's my safety net. Right. Right, and and that's and that's important for, I, I, yeah. You got some you got some cool points in that one too, TJ. Um, but but that's that safety net, man. You're you're definitely on point with that. It's like when you feel like everything is just like crumbling down, mm-hmm. you go home and you talk to your wife, and it's like, oh, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. I just need to get that off my chest. It's like somebody I can talk to who's not going to judge me, somebody who's not going to bash me in my head because I did this or I did that, but mm-hmm. somebody who's going to help me get through this and we're going to get through it together and our bond is going to be even stronger than it was before. So you're, you're definitely on point with that safety net, man. So how do you balance your work, effort, aspirations with raising a family and being a husband? That's a lot of hats. <sighs> that... that Dude, it is a lot of hats, man. So, so I, I recently have changed my schedule mm. to make sure that I get everything in that I need to get in. So, my my morning starts at five o'clock or either five thirty. <laughs> all right, and that's devotion time. Everybody still still sleep. I go make sure the boys are good. I, I make sure the wife is still good. I go read my devotion and do whatever I need to do, brush my teeth, wash my face, whatever the case may be. So then the first first hour after that, I am getting the boys' clothes ready, getting their toothpaste and everything ready, face washed, all that good stuff, getting that stuff straight, clothes out. And then around that time, that's when the wife wakes up and she gets ready for work and we have a little chit chat about what's going on for the day, what she got planned, um, things we want to do, whatever the case may be. And, and then get the boys to school. Then I come back home. And right now the wife works at home a couple of days or she'll go into the office and do what she has to do. But <clears throat> excuse me, You're good. but that time that after I dropped the boys off from let's say nine o'clock to 
4.30 when I have to leave to go pick the boys up, it's me working on everything that I need to work on. I'm answering emails, sending emails out, dropping content, um, shooting videos, um, hitting up people for when everything is is over with, with COVID, um, college orientations, uh, high school assemblies at the beginning, everything, everything you name up. I'm doing everything that I can for my job. I'm doing I'm marketing stuff. Uh, sidebar, I just uh, started a new business for my marketing. Um, it's called B7 Marketing. So it's a social media marketing company, um, creating oh. visibility, more visibility for um, nonprofits and other startup organizations. So all the life coaching stuff, all the marketing stuff, all the business stuff goes on between nine o'clock and 4.30. And so by that time, 4.30, I go pick up the boys and I'm mixing and mingling with them. Uh, they probably mad at me right now because I, we're not rolling on the floor playing around, but they they know daddy's on the call. But um, this right now is our time from from time we get home at like five o'clock till about eight thirty, eight forty five, we're rolling around the floor playing around and doing everything that we need to do uh, as a family. And then the wife is just sitting at us, looking, looking, and messing around, laughing and stuff. Um, then they go to bed, and and then that's the time for me and the wife. We talk. We just sit on the couch and chill, watch TV, talk about what's going on at work, talk about what's going on, on TV everything else that we got going on. So it's just like time management, like, like Danny mentioned earlier, time management of everything that you have going on. You got to make sure you balance that. You got to make sure. All right, let me take back. Don't balance it. Make it, you got, you have to be in rhythm, just like playing basketball again. Mm -hmm. Like when you on a fast break, you get a steal, you get a fast break and your teammate passes you, you want to pull up for a jump shot in rhythm. All right, so it's just like second nature. Everything has to flow the way you need it to flow in order for things to to drop right in place. All right, so for me waking up and doing my devotion to getting the boys ready, to talking to the wife, taking the boys to school, picking them up, playing with them, chilling with the wife, going to bed, and just doing that all over again every single day on repeat motion. So just time management, man, and just being in rhythm with everything that's going on and just being mindful of every piece of the pie that you have to take a bite out of mm. and that you're not neglecting, not, that you're not neglecting one thing because you need more time for this. You see what I'm saying? So you make sure you want to always take a piece of the pie and make sure you're getting your, your full, your full dose of whatever it is that you need to get for that day. That's definitely a big area that I think we could definitely benefit from because agreed. We suck. Okay, I think time is definitely a, a a struggle for for us together. Maybe maybe TJ a little bit more than me, but it's still like definitely an area of struggle of like carving up time for like time by ourselves, time for just each other, mm-hmm. not family time. And, you know, I think that's something that you really might, you know, you really could be on to something too, because especially, you know, we're all having to adjust. And mm-hmm. the reality is that right now, home is home, home is work, home is school, home is the gym. Home yeah, is- home is everything. <laughs> and so you don't even have these, like, 
where, you know, when you come home from work and you're like, okay, I'm home from work. Now I can like, you know, I can switch gears. And Mm -hmm. it's happening like that for a lot of people right now. For me, like I'm, you know, I'm finding that there are days, especially my busier days at meetings, you know, I'll get up at, you know, 7.45 and Mm -hmm. I'll be downstairs at my laptop by eight. And then I'll just, you know, move there for from eight to one. And then I come up for air, you know, I'll take a break, I'll get something to eat and I will, um, and I'll go back to it again until five o'clock. Even before we started recording this episode, I, Mm -hmm. um, like I was still answering emails and I know like they kind of wait, but then I'm like, you know, it's that balance of like, dang, like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everything can be done virtually. It's almost like you're obligated to like do it. I I know so many people who are saying like they're working even harder now because there is no, Mm -hmm. there is no time management because you're beholden to this like, either you're being micromanaged or you're micromanaging yourself type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like right. that, like, carving up that time to be with family. Like one thing I really, like I'm still trying to work on is like, I really, 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 really get better at going to bed at an earlier time. And, mm-hmm. but it just always sometimes seems to escape me. And, um, but I also am learning, I think I'm realizing about myself as I get older is that like, I'm not requiring as much sleep as I did when I was, you know, mm-hmm. a couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. parenthood, you know, you kind of get used to running off fumes a lot more. Right, um, right. But yeah, I think that that's really important. And I like that idea of like just getting up. And it, I, and it's, you know, the last thing I say about this though too, is like, I know you say like, you get up and you do like your devotional. And what I, what I do find is that even though it's not as intentional is, I some one of my favorite parts of the day is when I'm up before everybody else in my house, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, and you know, I might be like straightening up in the kitchen or like you know making myself something to eat, but it's like this moment where I have like a moment to myself in my in my right. where no one's calling my name, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really, it, I really, I'm, I'm realizing how important and necessary it is for me in order to kind of get my day going the way in a, in a much better fashion. So right. what I'll, I'll do, and just listening to you, is like I'll set my alarm a little bit earlier just to make mm-hmm. sure I can carve out that half an hour to 45 minutes before the rest of the house wakes up where I can just kind of right. take in and set the tone because it isn't healthy mm-hmm. to dive right into work. And I'm realizing that and it's stressful. Right. And, yeah. So. Right, and and my my thing, uh, these, these smartphones that we have are, are, are a very good tool, man. Because I I went to the, uh, I was just looking at my phone, just going through different things, trying to learn new things on my phone, and I I found the uh, the bedtime little notification and the uh, alarm clock, and you set what time you go to bed, and you set what time you wake up, and then it'll send you a reminder for both. And then that that way, um, that and that's what gave me that that extra boost to get myself in bed at a certain time, to get up at a certain time. Because like you said, in the morning, that thirty to forty five minutes of just you time, like it's relaxing and it gives you that time to put your mind at ease, to give yourself that time to just pretty much take in what's going to happen today or 
mm-hmm. what things you know is going to happen and, and what you can do to adjust if something doesn't go the way it needs to go. So having that free time and that free space to, to give yourself time to think um, before the house wakes up, because once the house wakes up, you already know it's going to get crazy. So exactly. It's, it's go time. And it's, and, and it, honestly, too, like, I, I want to do that because I'm, like, I'm, I'm doing it right now. No, the bedtime schedule. Oh, yeah, I've done that before, yeah. I, I didn't know this was a thing, so oh, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's on there. No I, problem, man. No problem. <laughs> sometimes I don't, but, and then, you know, it's, it's so imperative because, like, I, like, I wake up and I already have, like, five, six emails in my inbox and it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning. And, like, the people that I'm working with are emailing me 5.30 in the morning, 7 a.m. And I'm like, yo, y'all are tripping. And... But it, that kind of goes back to like my tip. Like you got to give yourself that grace because yes, you're pushing yourself mm-hmm. because of that, right? There, there are no boundaries technically because our home is our job now. Our home is our restaurant. Right. Our home is our activity. Like I said earlier, so sometimes we just have to give ourselves that grace that you know what I'm gonna get to that email when I wake up. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I feel bad because somebody else is just up earlier that doesn't it doesn't mean that they're working harder than you it doesn't mean yeah and, and it doesn't take away from the work that you are doing yourself absolutely and i right and i even like i took i'm taking this coming monday off because mm-hmm. i hit a wall last week and i know i'm working hard and i'm busting my ass mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. and like there's also the, the factors that you know, I have to I have to regulate the other parts of my life too because I am I need I want to spend more intentional quality time with Tatum because yeah we're right. together all the time but I'm not always like spending quality time with my daughter. I want to mm-hmm. this how you know we moved in the middle at the beginning of the top of this coronavirus pandemic and mm-hmm. make efforts to get this make this house feel more like a home. I want to finish up. Some loose, some loose ends with, with um, with our, with you know, from the the the, the transition from the the move and everything like that. We still have some loose ends to tie up from that, and I want to make sure I get myself mm-hmm. that. But I can't get that done if Saturday is spent one day doing this and Sunday is getting ready for the work week. So, and I'm like, I need. Right. And so, like, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm gonna divvy this up. I'm gonna take this extra day so that way, one of these three days, I can just chill and spend time with my. Mm-hmm. And then I can do the other two days, you know, mixing it up of like, you know, doing, checking items off of my at home to do this because those are just as important, you know, even though they're not the ones that get me paid. But right, like, right. So you, you're like you're dropping gems and you, you're helping, you're helping us. Even as you, as you're talking, you're kind of helping clear things up for us and and, and or affirming the things that we already knew we needed to do. Mm, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We have two more questions. This. Okay. This might be a little dark, but I do think it's very important. A little heavy. That we ask the question. Okay. Black man, okay. a father to three black boys. How do you navigate uh-huh. the world where it's like you're born with a target on your back? Ooh, you know what? I really, could, to be completely honest, I really never thought about talking to the boys about this. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll say this because I pray for my family like crazy every single morning. Mm -hmm. And I understand that more than prayer has to take place. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in order to align yourself with what God has for you or, or what you desire in this life more than prayer has to take place. Um, but to me, and this, this is just me. If I put that, that image into the boys, the boys are are like crazy, crazy smart. Mm -hmm. And once I put that image into their minds, they're like going to constantly ask me about, what happened with this? What do you mean by this? What is this? I don't want to keep answering that question because there are so much more positive things on the other side that I could be teaching them about, like entrepreneurship, being a dentist like mommy, um, owning owning your own business, uh, owning a franchise of whatever it is. There are so many other positive things that I could be teaching them instead of um pouring or giving them information on the negative stuff now it's not that i don't want to it's not that i don't want to let them know that these things are occurring but at this age right now they soak up every single thing i just want to wait and talk it over with the wife as well i want to make sure that we wait and tell them at a good time for them to understand Mm -hmm. what actually is going on or what actually happened. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. right now it's, it's like me and, and it's it's just it's just how I am. It's like I'll focus on more of the positive than I would negative. And that's just how I've always been. You and know, so I, I've never thought about it that way. Uh, you know, um, but for you, do you have like a time or because right, being a black man, there's certain things you gotta kinda like teach. Right. You know, right. black kids, like you know, right. Don't wear um, outside in in certain areas because you might be mm-hmm. specifically. Like, if you're driving in your car, right. don't be like you know, like right to like be respectful to police, like because the the, the, the mm-hmm. got to get home, right? Like, don't talk back to exactly them and right kind of compliant because. Right. We don't have those luxuries as, as black as black men to be uh, to be ourselves, right? Especially now right. because we're mm-hmm. we're big, so right. Automatically, we're gonna look we're gonna be looked at as as scary. It, exactly. So, so so one thing that I, I I do and I take pride in is being an example for them because they they are like continuously watching me with every single thing that I do. Like if, if you, if you, if we were to take a camera and like put a hidden camera in the house, like everything that I do, you will see the boys do at some point in the day. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's my job to, to be an example for them um, from opening the door for mommy so she can get in the car or just giving mommy a kiss or uh any type of affection towards mommy, just letting letting her know that I love her, and also opening the door for other people, talking to people with respect. Um, and and I have a lot of uh, parents that were or are police officers or law enforcement officers, um, and when they see me talk to them in either Wawa or Food Line, the boys see me talking to these police officers. And they know to look them in their eyes, speak to them with respect and speak up and to not be afraid of police officers. Because if I were to show them the the videos of these young men that have been 
in these situations as young ladies that have been in a situation with police officers. Like I told you before, the boys are smart. They're going to see that and they're going to see a police officer and it's like, oh, no, I don't want to go near this guy. Mm-hmm. So now when they saw me uh, conversing with police officers that I know and they see police officers at their, uh, at their uh, daycare all the time, one of the a couple of parents are police officers or firefighters, and I'll say, oh, daddy, he's a police officer. And he'll say, hi, hi Mr. Officer. So so me being that example and them seeing that is is way better than me telling them, yeah, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. So me being that example and them seeing what I'm doing will allow them to to copy what daddy's doing so they can be put in a, in a, a great situation or better situation than what it would be like if they were disrespectful or doing things that they wouldn't should, shouldn't be doing. Definitely. Well, that's, I, I think that's a great way to kind of, I mean, I think it's a good approach to take it, especially like just to kind of give a real context, like Braxton's boys are very young, like they're all under the age of five, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> you and Christina, God bless you. Um, That's the prototype. (laughs) 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 Triple threat 2.0. Oh my God, I'm built for that. But, (laughs) but, you know, I think that it's, I think it is important that that to me, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is like right now, it's it's almost like it's about instilling that black boy joy before Mm -hmm. you have to kind of hit them to. The, the negativity and the, the danger right. out there, but it's about, it's not about just saying like, this is just locking in their, their lip fresh that everything is all bad and you have to always be on guard because that's, it is a reality that they have to live there, they're going to grow up in, but it's just as imperative that they have that the, positive. the positivity and the joy in their life too, so that where there's balance in who they are as young men. And, and, and you said right. it's really important that they're looking up to you, right? So mm-hmm. whatever you do, you know, it, it will follow. And, and I think that's so important because uh, last week's episode, we, we was discussing about, like, how do you, like, you know, uh, in, in the media, there's a lot of sexual misconduct and stuff like that going on. It's like, how do you teach these men not to do that? And, and you're doing mm-hmm. it, right? So I think that's so important. Like, you're showing them to open up a door for women, you're showing them the right. You're showing them how to be good men. Period. Right. And it's not right. color, but I mean, but you're teaching exactly how to be good men first, and that's important too. So I applaud you. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Three young kings over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them in here now. He's sleepy. Uh, yeah, I, I put them to bed so they wait. They waiting on me. They get they get a break. They get to go to bed a little later tonight. Uh, yeah. They they they, they, they I, watch. So that's, this is a great time because then we got this last question that we can do. You put your daddy's new hat on. Um, all right. So how does Braxton stay motivated and inspired? Because that's, that's your you know that's your ministry that you're calling to do for do that for others. But then how do you do that for yourself? That that is a great question, and it is also an easy question. All right. Because there there are four people in my household mm-hmm. that I cannot let down, mm-hmm. and that's how I stay motivated. Especially 
looking at his face right now and when I see Braxton, when I see Declan, and most certainly when I see my wife, it's like I cannot let them down because if I let them down, who who else who else is going to take care of them? I, well, I know God's going to take care of them, but who who on earth is going to take care of them if if I don't do it? Like God gave her to me, God gave us our three children, so. And God gave me a gift. God gave her a gift of, of dentistry. God gave me a gift of being a life coach, motivating, inspiring. So when I look at them, it's just like I I gotta make it happen. And that's that's one of my uh, catchphrases that I give give out to people is like, if you gotta make it happen, make it happen, like by all means, because when when teaching was no longer for me it's like i had to i had to i had to make amends make amends and i had to make things happen for me to continue to provide for my family pretend, uh, mm-hmm. contribute to yeah, you hear him in the back right yeah contribute to the household and make sure everything is going the way it needs to go and and so if i and part of myself and I just give up at the drop of a dime um, because something was hard or somebody told me, no, it's like, what's, what's serve you're doing your boys and your, and your wife a disservice because you just giving up when times get hard. But th- that's the thing. It's like, you got to stay on track because you got to have patience and you got to persevere through all the hard times, all the troubles of, of life because life is going to hit you hard. Life is going to hit you hard. So me staying inspired just by looking at them and and touching them and feeling them every day is just like I got to make it happen for them because when all when it's all said and done and Lord calls me home, I got to leave something for them for for my grandchildren and my grand my children's children and children. So it's just that's that's what my inspiration comes from. Just seeing my family every day waking up and knowing that. I got to make it happen for them. So that's that's where my motivation and inspiration comes from. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Well, listen, Rex, cuz, thank you so much for doing this with yeah. us. And we- oh, no, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, you, you left us motivated and invigorated and, and new fresh ideas on how we can kind of tackle some of the things that we've been dealing with, even in our own daily lives. Um, and so that so, so you can go put the little one in bed, because that's going to be on our All right. And just let everybody know where they can find you. All right. Uh, you can find me on everything. You can find me on Facebook. Just type in the name Braxton Byers, and you'll find me there. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter handle is Braxton Byerson underscore seven. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just type in the name Braxton Byerson. You'll find me. You can hit me up on uh, my website, www.braxb.org. And that's pretty much Twitter. You can type in Braxton Byerson. I'll pop right up <laughs> every single. So yeah, every social media platform that you can possibly think of, just type in Braxton Byerson and you'll find me. Got it, got it. And we'll make sure we include all of those in the, inside um, the show notes. So thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, folks, this has been yet another episode of Lovers Coral. You know that you can find us on Instagram at Lovers Coral Show. You can find us on 
Twitter at loverscoral7. You can email us your feedback, comments, concerns at loverscoralshow at gmail.com. Um, as always, you know that I am your girl, Danny. And I'm your guy, TJ. And you know that we fuss. We fight, but, but we, we love. love. Bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.